This is Jordan from Newfound Glory. Listen to Storytime with Matthew Haslam Hammond. <laughs> Attention. This podcast will make you happy, make you sad, believe and make you mad, but they're sure to make you feel included. The things they talk about are completely random. It's Storytime with Matthew Haslam Hammond. Welcome to Storytime with Matthew Haslam Hammond, the podcast where you, the member of the general public, will go up and tell your story. Why? Because everybody has a story. Like always, this podcast is sponsored by the Pastor Assist Pod. Follow Callum, Jack, Doug and Carl as they discuss basketball, because they love basketball and it's there for all your basketballing needs. Um, today's guest is an absolute gemo lad, always smiling, very positive, so I love him already. Uh, he used to work at a bar in Brentwood and uh, yeah, so he's coming on today and he's going to tell his story. So everybody, please welcome Daniel Milliard. So, Daniel, welcome to the show. How are you doing today, buddy? I'm doing good, Matt. Thanks for uh, having me. Huge, uh, huge honor to be here. <laughs> well, you're always such a positive person every time I see you out <laughs> there. Always smiling. You always just got that, you know, that great enthusiasm. So I thought, well, you know, he needs to be on it someday and, uh, you know, we're making oh, it happen. Well, the same the same goes for you, man. Uh, honestly, like, when you, when you reached out and said... Uh, you should come on the show. It's like oh, what? Like, like I was like, people, people don't find me annoying. I was like, oh boy, this is uh, this is gonna be this is either gonna be where the viewership just you know skyrockets or or like plummets for just a bit. Everyone's gonna be like, this accent. What is this accent I'm listening to? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think all, all six fans are just grateful that you know that they've got another person to listen to apart from. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I could be wrong. But yeah, tell us about the accent. Where are you from, bud? So, um, so it's. I mean, I feel like this is a good place to start because, like, legitimately, this is the story I tell the most. Um, like, it's got to the point now. If I go out for drinks with friends, I mean, well, we're not really going out for drinks this year, are we? But when I did go out for drinks, um, if I tell the story, like, my friends would be like, "Ah, oh, not this again." But I'll run you through it. So, I was born in the UK, and. Um, my parents, um, basically my mom is Zimbabwean and uh, she was on like a student visa at the time. So once that ended, we had to go back. So my daddy's British was like, okay, we'll, we'll go. So ended up in Togo, Zimbabwe, and then finally South Africa. And um, my parents decided to homeschool me while we were out there. And I think, honestly, I watched like a lot of American TV. Like, like the TV out in South Africa where I was out there was just like, basically all American stuff. It was like the A-Team and Knight Rider. And uh, I mean, I hear that people who've lived in South Africa and went to the school, they come out with like, I think it's like a transatlantic twang, like a, hmm. a more neutral accent as it is. So I'm guessing that kind of happened, but it's like, it's weird because I never actually went to school while I was out there. Yeah. So you've got a uh, like a mix of English, uh, South African and also American. Yeah. Now that's that's that, that yeah. right there is an impressive like, you know, oh, combination. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it definitely makes a very good uh, opening conversation hmm. whenever I'm out. There's always something to talk about there. Well, you're not alone because I, I remember watching. Uh, do you remember the TV show The Undateables? Yes, okay, yes, I, I do. There was a fella on there, and he, he he just basically watched American TV all his life, so he just adapted the American accent as well. Like you see it, they go. Yeah. Like, how is this possible? <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 interesting as well because um I'd be curious to know what you think about this as a musician because I've like I've met a lot of people who play music um 
and they come from like other European countries where English is not the first language they speak over there. Mm. But they always sing like with just incredible voices and you kind of talk to them about it and they're like, well, I, I learned English mainly because of music and because of like film. And it's like, I think in that way, because of art being like Americanized and, and Westernized, it's a, uh, it kind of makes sense that you, you meet people with like that kind of like American accent going on. I mean, mm. this is just a sign of how little sense is going to be made from me during, during this thing. <laughs> just, but yeah. Cool. <laughs> people say I sing with an American accent because obviously I grew up listening to like, well, punk pop bands. Most of them are American. Yeah. A lot of them are Canadian though, to be fair. So, you know, there's, there's me yeah. trying to like, you know, rock an acoustic guitar. Um, yeah. And uh, <laughs> you just be like hearing like, you know, um, me trying to like become like the best, like Billy Joe yeah. Armstrong slash Tom DeLonge slash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly, man. All these others. No, it's incredible, man. Yeah. <laughs> how long? How long were you in uh, South Africa for them? So I think we were. I think we were down in Africa for maybe something like seven years. I think we came back in. 2003 which is funny because like that means i've been in the uk now for what like 17 years and uh i, I ne the accent never left if anything it seems to have gotten stronger since i've been here but um More yeah so a little choice. while ago <laughs> have you uh, have you ever been over to south africa by no, the way I can't say I have. Actually, wait 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 no 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 hang on i have seen the show actually and i know you've been to florida california and there's like one of Paris, I think you mentioned. Was it? Was it? Am I right? Was it France? Oh, uh, Disney World, Florida? Disneyland. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I've been. I've been to California, Orlando, and also yeah, Paris, as you said. They got uh, one in Japan, maybe. so I need to go there. No, is it? Exactly. That would be awesome. I'd love to see Japan, actually. Man, we'll, we'll book a trip one day. Yeah, <laughs> I'd, I'd be down for that, man. I'm very uh, yeah, man. I'll bring the uh, the camera down. We'll get some cool shots and. Um, just ride it right on Disneyland Japan. Yeah, I'm right. very into that. <laughs> That'd be well fun. <laughs> yeah, it'd be so good, man. Oh, we'd have a blast. I think yeah, we, we, we would, you know, like, you know, two, two positive I, yeah. people going out there. It would be, it'd be amazing. Heck, we could bring the show down there as well. Maybe mm. do like a whole, you know, Japan, uh, Japan series out there. I think that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, man. Right. Well, we had um, one of the musicians on here, Tim, uh, from a band called Alistair. He's from Chicago. Um, he oh. like uh, they're they're somehow they're huge in Japan. He does he can't even answer me the question how. Um, <laughs> yeah. And like um, so, he said like, oh yeah, you have to come out, you know, and, uh, like totally, <laughs> you know, come to one of the shows yeah. out there. So if we if we time it right, we can go there. <laughs> see exactly. It's funny actually about the Japan thing as well, actually because. Like, I mean, again, I've never been there and I, I really, yeah, love to do that. But I've noticed on like Instagram, because I shoot on a, I mean, to be fair, all cameras like a Japanese made basically the big brands, but I find that I use one that's, I've been quite beloved in Japan. So like if you hashtag that, you end up getting like a fair few kind of Japanese followers, like liking your stuff. And I'm like, these people are in Tokyo and they, they've got these incredible like buildings and things and they're like liking shots of like Brentwood and it's just a really bizarre thing to me. I find it incredible. He's <laughs> yeah. uh, like, oh, that's the, you know, they're just going to see like a, like a load of J Japanese people come over once like COVID's gone and just be like, where's the sugar hut? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just like, that's, that's the place right there, man. There it is. 
it's not as cool as what it was in the photo, but, uh, you know. That's funny, because, you know, the Sugar Hut is, like, that's the thing, right? That's the thing that people seem to come... Because, like, we've been all... All of us have been out in Brentwood, and, and you've met people from different towns who've come specifically to go to the Sugar Hut, and I'm always, like, really baffled by that, because, you know, living here, you're just like, yeah, it's the Sugar Hut, more yeah. composite, you know, going on my day, and, yeah, people genuinely travel around to come to the Sugar Hut. Like, that's yeah. a thing. They love that Towie shit, like, um... <laughs> they rarely do! <laughs> yeah, I, I remember, like, before I was, uh, worked at my job now, I was a co-op boy, and uh, it was in the Baytree yeah. Centre in Brentwood, and, um... Oh, wow. <laughs> like I remember once they were like you, you get like a lot of Hindus and they go come to yeah. Brentwood because yeah. they love the only the only way is Essex and I remember this one time these two people come to the till I was like excuse me do you know where Millie's Boutique is and I was like look to the uh, the line see if there was anyone in the queue I was like I'll show you <laughs> <Just> literally <laughs> walked out of work just to show them where <laughs> Millie's Boutique that's, was or where Millie's Boutique that's Mi- Millie's good. and uh, <laughs> yeah I just went back and just said like where you been it's like some people want to know where Tally Shop was like, why aren't you on the tour? I was like, look, I've been here six years of my bloody life, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You keep me in every Saturday for 10, <laughs> 10 hours. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. That sounds like the type of thing that, like, happens in Brentwood a lot. I feel like it's it's that tiny that, like, if... And you do you do meet random people like that who are like, excuse me, um, where is this? And you're like... It's... Yeah, I mean, I remember doing that when I was working at the bar in, in the high street and, like, literally, like... Just being like, you know what? I'll jump off the bar for like two seconds, get you to where you need to go. Because it's like, it's such a tiny high street, right? Like, it's like mm. literally two sides. And once you know it, you know it. But it is, it's mind blowing to me that people are still discovering this little town that we live in. It's just funny because you kind of think, think, for like, think to yourself, like, Brentwood, really? <laughs> you've got, yeah, exactly. you've away just to like, come to Brentwood. <laughs> and you're like, are you sure? Because like, you know, like like London is like that way, Chelmsford's that way. There's a whole bunch of other stuff around here you could be going to. It's like, no, they've, they've come from Brentwood specifically. Okay, do it. <laughs> just just to hopefully, you know, meet Gemma Collins or so. I don't know, but <laughs> exactly, yeah. you never know. You you you. I'm, I think I might have met Gemma Collins just at, at one point. I feel like I, I, I don't want to call her out in case she is one of the six fans you were talking about listening to this. <laughs> I am pretty sure I served her one time in the bar and was like, I, I'm not going to lie, I don't watch Towie. And uh, I didn't didn't recognize her and that, that did not go so well for me. But um, yeah, it's it, you, you are right. You never know when you're going to bump into a, a famous Towie person. Hmm. Just, you never know. But uh, I think the closest I ever had was uh, I uh, with Towie was I served Joey Essex a bottle of apple juice in the co-op, you know. That's <laughs> amazing. <laughs> I was just uh, you know when you like you just scan something you just look up like oh god yeah. it's you. <laughs> oh my goodness! Didn't really to, uh, Although there is one celebrity story I do think is awesome that people forget about Brentwood, which was the time Tom Cruise was here to shoot Mission Impossible. Do you do you remember that? He was at the woods up at the top of Wally, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually snuck onto the set to try and get a job, actually, which was <laughs> hilarious. Because I, I actually got in and I and like I got in and I, I got a CV out and someone was like, Yeah, yeah, we'll give you a job, man. You'll you'll get a job. <laughs> and then Tom Cruise of course broke his ankle, so there was like no job because there was no film to shoot. But um I always find it amazing because there's a shot in the trailer for that film where you see like a big 
like a big truck rolling mm. through and it's Brentwood. It's like, it's the park and you're like, I, I know that place. I live there. That, that's where it is. And then they cut it from the film. Of course they cut it from the film. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I've never, I don't know why. I always hated Tom Cruise. I really don't know why. <laughs> but, like, and me, my uncle has the exact same hate. And like, literally, as soon as you mention yeah. the name Tom Cruise, he literally gets angry he wants to punch everything in sight, and like I told him, he literally was up the road, and uh, he was tempted to drive five hours down from Bolton just so he could go and punch Tom Cruise in the face, just so he could finally get his chance. I mean, I feel like Tom Cruise is the type of guy that, like, if someone came up to him and was like, "I want to, I want to fight you," Tom Cruise, being his own stuntman, is going to be like, "Yeah, okay, let's let's do this, let's let's go," and it's going to be uh, it's going to be crazy. I mean, you never know. That guy hanging onto the sides of like planes and stuff. That's uh, that's something. Mm. I've always heard he's a really nice guy, though. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah. So now I feel like a bad person for not liking the guy because he's a nice guy. <laughs> you, you, yeah, I, I totally get you. It's, I think it's one of those things though with like celebrity culture where like you see them on the interviews and they've always got like the million dollar smiles, and you're like, but how authentic is this? Mm. And like. You know, are you genuinely as nice as you are on, on films? Because sometimes they're, you know, sometimes it's not the case. But then, mind you, here we are, a couple of guys who uh, who are pretty smiley. Someone might be like, are they genuinely this happy or do they just, like, <laughs> like, like this on? It's <laughs> very true. It's like, just about like the whole, like, Brentwood celebrities, like, you know, you know when you just know that someone's, like, misunderstood or something? You know, I, I don't really know yeah. what the words are, but... I, I always served Jodie Marsh in the co-op and like, you know, the poor girl literally, you know, was bullied and like yeah. Big Brother and things like that and then like, obviously yeah. like, you know, social media and things and serving her, like, she was a really nice person. Like, I'm not yeah. going to lie, she she really was. Like, um, I've got a lot of time for her. Um, I remember always one time where basically um, I served her on a Saturday and then like, you know, overnight I was thinking, oh God, did I give her cash back from, you know, she asked for 50 quid or whatever <laughs> and then, the next day she came in, I just had to go up to her. I was like, did I give you a cash back yesterday? She went, yeah. I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing, man. Joni Marsh could have said yeah. no. I could have just given her 50 yeah. quid extra there. But, you know, she was she was honest and nice. And, yeah. yeah, always got a lot of time for her. Oh, that's that's amazing, man. It's, it's really nice to hear that there are, you know, people out there that are famous in whatever sphere that, that are just genuinely nice people. And, like... I've definitely met a few um, people like that. Not not big, obviously, not Tom Cruise level of great, but you do meet some. And um, yeah, I remember I remember not a non Brentwood story with someone I, I would consider to be like a, a sort of celebrity. Is I was on a film shoot after university, and um, yeah, so we got called up for this film shoot. And when you do a film, you get given like a call sheet. So it's like, this is the time you're going to arrive. These are the people that will be there. This is the cast. And I remember getting a message before arriving and they're like, okay, one of the guys from the, the shoot is going to be, he's from Game of Thrones. So like, try and just be chill, try and be cool and calm and like, don't bother him. Just, you know, do his job. And I was a runner. So like, my job is like literally to give this guy his tea and coffee and, and do the same for the crew. And uh, I remember I get there and there he is. And I was like, oh my goodness, that's that's Pip from the Night's Watch. I recognize this guy. Like, I know how he died in season four. I've seen him. Of course, the very first thing I do was like, just be like, you're on Game of Thrones. That's so cool. 
And uh, he was super down to earth. He was like, yeah, Game of Thrones was awesome. And we ended up like on this free day film shoot, just talking about Game of Thrones every time the cameras weren't rolling. And you could tell he completely got it. Like he understood how big of a deal that show is to so many people. Mm. And like, I think he felt really honored to have been on it. And like, he was just a down to earth guy. He was like, you know, hanging out. I think that's really nice because you do meet, or hear of certain famous people, even in Brentwood, I mean, especially in Brentwood, actually, who just kind of give you the cold shoulder sometimes. Yeah. Who was your favourite in Game of Thrones, then? Ooh, oh, man, that is... I mean, I feel like with that question, we have to go pre-season eight, because uh, I just... I, in my mind, I try and pretend that that didn't come out, and that we're, like, <laughs> we're still waiting for the final season to come out, like, any day now. <laughs> um, <laughs> But I think pre that, uh, I mean, I was always a big Jon Snow fan. Like, I was rooting for him from, like, start to finish. I mean, if you give a man a sword that has, like, a wolf helm, I'm like, that's it. You, you've done it. I'm I'm in. Like, I, I can root for this guy. <laughs> like, yeah. How about you, man? Man, Tormund Giants, Bane. Oh, yeah. Yeah, very, very cool, man. i got, I got to stick up for the fellow Ginger, you know, like... <laughs> Exactly, man. Oh, dude, that guy was so cool. He's got like some of the funniest scenes. I don't remember. Is he in season eight? Does he does he die? No, he, eight? he survives because you remember when John um, he gets sent to like the um, yeah. back, back to uh, is it the Night's Watch? And all the yeah. the wildlings are there, and he's like the one who opens the gate for him, and then like he just looks at him like. <laughs> yeah, welcome. I was like, oh, you're back. It's time. Yeah. yeah, I remember. I feel like they just kind of didn't do a lot of justice to some of the characters in that show because, like, it's people like Tormund that you wanted to see more of in that, and that's mm. like it, it didn't make sense. But I mean, I feel like the Night King was the character that was truly snubbed. Let's like, someone needs to just shout out to the Night King and be like, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry for, for everything you went through. You built up that army and then one episode and you were out. Like, wow. My favourite my favorite episode ever, Battle of the Bastards. Oh my goodness, yes. Right. Yes. When, when you see John, John and Tormund like back to back and it's basically like they're about to get fucked up and then Tormund's yeah. fighting that giant and he just bites his like cheek off and things like that, you know, and uh, and then the other uh, army comes over the hill and it's just there like, go on, lads. <laughs> yeah. I think that is the first thing I've seen on, like, TV or on screen that, like, rivals the Battle of Helm's Deep from, like, The Lord of the Rings. Because yeah. I remember when I was younger, you, like, you watch Helm's Deep and you're like, how are they going to survive this, man? And then, like, just at the last minute, Gandalf turns up and you're like, oh, my goodness, they did it. And, like, until Battle of the Bastards, I'd never seen anything that did that. But for me, like... The single shot that gets me the most is when Jon Snow, like, he's off his horse. You see the whole, like, kind of horde of horses coming towards him. And it's just him in slow motion whipping out that sword, taking the stance. And you're like, this is insane. You're like, this is some actual madness that's about to go down here. Yeah, that episode is incredible. Mate. Uh, Ramsey Bolton, you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, he was bad to the bone. Like, wow. He, like the easiest way to put it is like you think Joffrey's bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and he just gets absolutely trumped <laughs> by Ramsey oh, Bolton. It's funny. I've actually just started reading the uh, the books uh, since last year. I don't know if you've read. Have you read the books at all? No, no. 
bit bit too so, much for me, unfortunately. Like, I mean, they are pretty pretty heavy. Like, these things are giant. They're mm. they're a bit much for me as well. To be fair, I'm like, I don't I don't know where I'm getting the time to read these, but um, I know like Ramsey Bolton in the books is incredible because you don't know it's Ramsey Bolton until like right at the end of that book, and then you're like, oh, it's Ramsey, and you're like, oh, this is not going to go well for anyone. Like, yeah, he's he's bad. To be fair, you though. Uh, uh, me and my best friend Callum are on our top of our most late, our most hated list is Stannis Baratheon, when because <laughs> he yeah. kills his daughter and we're sitting there like, oh. especially when Sir yeah. Davos finds out, right? He's yeah. heartbroken. That that's that's the part that upsets us because yeah. that boy hasn't got a bad bone in his body. No man, he's so yeah. Stannis was like just the absolute greatest disappointment to, to happen and I remember so I, I've got a friend who had, who had read all of the books and he'd like he knew everything that was going to happen pre like maybe season five or something like that mm. so he kept being like he kept calling him Stannis the Manus and like really bigging him up being like dude you wait till Stannis the Manus shows up this is going to be insane and we're like okay and there's that one episode where Stannis like saves the Night's Watch right with his full army and you're like I'm Team Stannis, obviously. Hmm. And then a few episodes later, you see that and you're like, "Oh, I hate this guy so much!" Like, like he's just the worst. Yeah, no, Stannis got hates him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, um, what was the other part? I'm thinking of um, like it's, it's it's just a mind blowing show. It really yeah. is. Like you know, you watch the first episode. You know, someone's being killed in like five seconds. Yeah. Um, and at the very end of the very first episode, you see a brother and sister having sex full nude and everything. You just say like, yeah. "Wow, I wasn't expecting that." <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're like, "Okay, I'm I'm in then. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna have to watch this." I I remember showing it to my mum actually, and my mum is now a huge Game of Thrones fan. And hmm. It's like if you ever meet my mum, she is like the sweetest, loveliest, like Christian lady. And uh, she loves Game of Thrones like yeah. a lot. Like she, she's not a big fan of like gore and stuff. But after watching that first episode, she was like, "What?" <laughs> she was like, "But those two are those two are brothers and sisters, no?" <laughs> she was like, <laughs> "She was like, what is going on?" And yeah, she watched the entire thing like back to back. It was amazing. I just it just always made me laugh because like someone lent my mum a DVD of it, and I'm sitting there going like. <laughs> She like the first thing gave it to me. Yeah, I told your mum about this show. She seems like you know she was really interested. So here's the DVD. And I'm just looking at her. I just accepted it, but in my mind, I'm like, yeah, mum's gonna hate this. <laughs> There's no yeah, way she is to... gonna watch this. <laughs> not gonna be her cup of tea. Yeah, it's a dangerous. It's it's also just a, an uncomfortable show to watch. I feel like with a mother, like there's bits that you're just like, oh no, no, oh dear. <laughs> The Red Wedding, yeah. Jesus Christ. Oh, man, that... Yeah, that that episode was... I was not prepared for that, man. It's just, it's just the videos that you watch online where people have obviously, you know, watched uh, watched it before they're, like, partners, so they get yeah. a camera out to watch their partner's reaction of it. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, it's just the funniest thing ever when you see, like, a female go, Oh, God! <laughs> like, a crazy yeah. man on YouTube. Like, like, what?! <laughs> <laughs> it's incredible I've, I've always said to my friends I'm like should the day come when I get married the one prank I want to pull on, on everyone would be to have you know midway through the like the wedding breakfast have someone shut the doors and then have that really iconic reigns of Castamere music start playing and just you know just get really really uncomfortable there that maybe we're all about to be assassinated but uh, we'll have to wait and see if I can pull that off someday <laughs> 
Well, hopefully they don't listen to this because otherwise they'll know <laughs> it's going to be. Yeah, that's down. a good point. That's a very good point, man. Yeah, then I'll, then I'll have to come up with a, a new a new plan altogether. It's yeah. either that, you know, at the end of the day, it could be a few years afterwards, you know, and then they'll be like, hmm, hmm, ooh. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like, wait, what? <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, wait a second. <laughs> so you came back to Brentwood 17 years ago, you said, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, well, I mean, we moved around the UK a little bit because uh, my grandparents live up in Horsham. So we came back to, I think Horsham is in Surrey um, or Sussex, I think Sussex. Um, and then we moved to Croydon and then finally my parents settled down here, I think sometime near 2007, maybe around then. So been in Brentwood for a while now. Did you go to school in Brentwood or were you homeschooled again? No, well, yes and no, to be fair. So um, I did go to school in Brentwood. Uh, I can't remember the name of the primary school. I don't know if it was like maybe Larchwood. Is Larchwood a school here? I don't know if that's a school Not here. Too sure. Um, there's, but there was one in Pilgrim's Hatch, and then I went to Sawyer's Hall, which I think was called. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. The problem was, so I didn't have the best experience in Sawyer's Hall. Mate, I, I, none of I us did. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's yeah, exactly. It was it was grim, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad someone else knows it. If was, you want twenty seven yeah, maths teachers in one year, then go to Sawyer's Hall College. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Man, it was it was rough. I remember things being thrown around, uh, like being chased, and it was just it was a bizarre place. But um, yeah, so I think I, I got like bullied there for like a about a year and a bit, and I didn't tell. I did the typical thing that kids do with their parents is just like. I'm getting bullied. I won't tell my parents about that fact. I'll just keep that to myself because I'm strong. <laughs> and, um, finally, they found out and they're like, okay, we're pulling you out. So uh, I got pulled out of school, got homeschooled for a bit. And then I went to a school in Romford, which was a pain because I think anyone who knows Brentwood knows that the 498 is a great bus to exist, but it is a, a long journey down to Romford, man. <laughs> like, yeah. Man. My brother, the uh, the same like Sawyer's Hall experience. Like basically, he's a uh, bullying, but yeah, like you know, they gave you a, uh, a like a journal. What was it called? An organizer. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> an organizer. Yeah. Yep. And yeah. you had to get it signed every week by your parents and showed your form tutor kind of thing. But people were like writing wow. in his in his uh, organizer, like you know, I ejaculate myself and things like that. And yeah, it, it, my poor brother was so embarrassed about it. Like when it comes to it, like my mum went, "Who's writing yeah. this in your book?" And he's like, well, "I did it." <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness so your parents were probably like oh man our son our son's got some dark stuff going on in his mind but it's like he's just hiding the fact that there's like horrible horrible kids out there yeah Sawyer's Hall was um, was spectacular like I honestly there's no school that I think is more like the stereotypical school experience that films make you think of like I remember stink bombs going off in hallways um, I think my very first day there, actually, I remember a girl came up to me and she was like, I like you. Do you want to be my boyfriend? And obviously me being like, I don't know, like 12 or something like that. I was like, yeah, I'll be your boyfriend. And then she was like, cool, we're breaking up. And I was like, that really hit me for like a whole day. I was walking around, like just being all sad about this girl I did not know. Uh, yeah, weird, weird experience there. <laughs> It was a yeah. I remember one time like because um, they had like block one, block two, you know, block block up to yeah. six. Um, 
And there was the English and uh, like it's languages block. I want to say it was yeah. block four, if I can remember. Yeah, it's in like the centre of the school. Um, yeah. And the top floor was a French floor, and obviously there, uh, there was a teacher up there. Um, um, I won't say her name because I don't really want to embarrass her, but let's just say she was one who was just really oblivious and she just didn't really yeah. control a classroom. And when, when like you know, people were like you know swearing at each other and shouting, she'll just continue yeah. the lesson because why? She that's what she was getting paid for. Um, I remember her. I actually know exactly who you're talking about as well. <laughs> and yeah. one time we're all standing outside. Uh, me and my friends, we know. Uh, yeah, outside that area because that's where we hung out and somebody yeah. had launched a bloody chair out the window <laughs> oh <laughs> missed all goodness. of us so we were lucky uh, wow. but we're just sitting there just seeing it like a chair like ricochet off the floor like, <laughs> like who the that's, yeah. a chair out I mean, I, the, the weirdest thing is that that's like a story that doesn't surprise me like that mm. is like the type of thing that happens in that um that school because i remember like certain days and i mean multiple days where there would be like an ambulance on the school grounds or like a police car on the school grounds. It's like at that point, you're like, you should be like, okay, we've got a little bit of a problem here. <laughs> they never seem to fix it. <laughs> Just as soon as like a fight broke out, literally there was like a whole queue of people walking around to the fight. And fight! And it's like, okay, cool. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Won't be able to see it, but you know, it sounds appealing. <laughs> Exactly. It's like I want to. I want to check this out. See what's uh, see what's happening here. Like, yeah. I remember once there was a fight on a stairway, and at the end of the day, I was, it was like one of my first days. I think I can't be late to class, so I'm walking yeah. up. People are just watching this fight, and I've just like literally walked into the fight. The person getting beaten up like backed into me. I'm like, oh! <laughs> like just under, like like crawled under, just got oh, to class, yeah. like at it. <laughs> yeah. I feel like a lot of the time when I was there as a kid, my job seemed to be just to avoid the fights because there was like a fight. It was like it was like prison walls, right? Mm. Like you you would walk down the hall and there's always someone fighting, and you're like, okay, let me just uh, just sidestep you. I I do remember actually, and I think it was the same French like um, studies teacher that you were talking about because I remember being in that block and uh, in her class and it was like it was screaming and shouting I think she left the room for a bit and I had this one bully who he rarely was out for me and um, so he like he, he he while she was out he was like I'm gonna attack down so he went in did the old you know punch or whatever we're going to call a kid's fight and I just kind of blocked him with like my elbow or something like and I think just the way that his fist hit my elbow did more damage to him than it did to me because he started crying. And um, and then the teacher comes back in and he's like, Miss, Dan, Dan attacked me. And I'm like, what are you talking about, dude? And um, she did not care. She was yeah. just like, both of you put down. It's, uh, look at your books. So I was like, okay, cool. It's, it's good to see anything flies in this school. Well, what I can remember from like 2000 and. 12 UFC the, the elbow is like the sharpest place in your body <laughs> that makes so what you're telling me is I was I was doing a proper defensive move like well, you, just, you, know, you own the prick there you go <laughs> yeah exactly exactly <laughs> it's weird no, no one ever threw a punch at me once I, I, I must have gotten away lucky you know at the end of the day people you know obviously tried throwing the fat and ginger car but it was like well and you're not wrong yeah <laughs> 
I mean, yeah, you, you, you get the, the name calling in that school was a thing. <laughs> like, definitely. I did feel like the only, uh, the only black person in that school, I must admit, which was uh, weird. I'm sure I wasn't, but at the time I was like, Oh, what's going on here? But um, no, I'm, I'm glad you didn't get any punches thrown at you. It's good, man. I think I think the years maybe above us were were even worse. I think we were in a, like a bad time, but like there were just you would always hear stories. You'd hear stories about someone being airlifted out, and I would always believe them. Like, oh my goodness, this place is rough. I was like, mm. never seen a helicopter here, but it makes sense. Mate, first year I went on the the, the students went on strike. That was weird. Uh, literally they had like the press come along there was like you know uh, you saw people yeah. just like jumping over fences and things like, it was the most surreal thing like ever yeah. and then because we were like wild. new they, they went like uh, you know all year seven you've got to go into this like block here and they, they basically gave us a lecture on like you shouldn't riot at school or something like that I can't remember the whole <laughs> point with it but we're all yeah. sitting there like but none of us have gone on strike this is this is the weird thing yeah. like, you know <laughs> Like we're gonna we're gonna punish you guys because uh, you're the guys we the only people we can now control at the moment. Yeah, it was a that was a weird. I and mean, it's not. Um, is it still a school now, or is it like a different? Uh, like it's, it's changed. Like, um, I think it's like a specialist school. It's called like Beckett Keys now. But um, right. yeah, rest in peace, always Hall College. <laughs> yeah, R.I.P. R.I.P. People yeah. will uh, will never truly appreciate what we experienced out there, man. You gotta remember, I was, I was the days when it was originally Headley Water. So, uh. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, Deadly Headley, as they mm. used to call it, man. <laughs> Mate, yeah. we survived, so <laughs> we did. We came through it on the other side. Like, we should have one of those like like veterans like rooms, you know, like the circles there. We just exchange Sawyer's Hall stories and like and get through it together because that was a uh, yeah. Anyone who's come out of that school has definitely come out stronger i i hope <laughs> tales from the schoolyard <laughs> <laughs> well yeah well let's go on to something more positive so we'll, we'll start with your sure. photography so uh like well obviously i'm guessing you went to university uh because oh, yeah. you know uh, t- tell us about that so i um so it's funny as well i so i studied film production at university uh, i went to a tiny university well I guess it's it's kind of big at the moment, but um, it's a place called UCA, the uh, the University for the Creative Arts, and uh, it's like it's in this tiny town. Actually, you would you would love this town. This town uh, Farnham is like it's basically just like fifty pubs in just uh, and then houses around those pubs and like a castle. Like I went to a town with legitimately a castle and all this, but um, yeah. So I studied to make films. Um, I specialized in directing. Um, but it was really cool because I got to do, you know, you got to just make films out there, basically. Um, it was a really cool experience. Uh, made a lot of really, really good friends. Um, but it was actually through that course that I started doing the photography thing on the side a little bit, just as a way to um, to do something creative that was easy. Because the one thing that's weird about, like, film students is, like, everyone kind of has a bit of an ego, like a huge ego to them. So like everyone's been watching YouTube videos and like learning how to make films and everyone wants to be like the next Steven Spielberg. So when you get there, everyone's like, well, you know, I'm, I'm the best. And they're like, no, 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 I'm, I'm the best. And when you have to work in groups together, you end up having a lot of clashes over creative decisions. Um, So it was really fun, but also like slightly like, stressful and so i started taking like photos on uh 
like 35 mil film because I, I couldn't afford like a digital camera. Um, so I got a cheap camera for I think five pounds. The lens cost more. The lens was like 35 pounds, but it was like, <laughs> it's like, that was the, the machine. I actually learned later on that shooting film is not cheaper. It just, it just seems cheaper at first because you, you're like, I can buy a roll of film for five pounds and then get it developed for like, I don't know, 10 pounds. And you're like, that's only 15 pounds for 36 photos. But then you do that for years and you're like, wait a second, this this is not financially viable anymore. Um, but the funny thing is, yeah, so I graduated with a degree in film production. And then I went into the film industry for like maybe a year. Well, no, I, I went back to Brentwood and that's where we met when I was working in the bar. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, the Tom Cruise thing happened. So I was like, I can quit the bar now. Uh, and you know, Tom Cruise broke his ankle. Somehow a friend got me a job working in a post-production company and I was there for like two years almost. Um, and it was fun, but it was like really low paid and like really <laughs> just a grind. Um, and in the end I was like kind of just hoping for something different, ended up doing a job as a graphics designer. So now I'm, I, I'm a designer by profession. Um, and then obviously COVID happened and, uh, and, and COVID happened at like the weirdest time for me because like, so I was doing pretty well work-wise and I was thinking, you know what, I've been doing this photo thing for a while. Let me buy a digital camera. So I'm like, I'll buy it. This, this is, you know, this is justifiable. Immediately after I ordered that thing, like I lost my job <laughs> because COVID happened. I'm like, oh, okay, oh, I got this camera. And even the camera didn't arrive for like three months because again, COVID. So it was like weird. But um, yeah, COVID has is, is basically meant I've spent a lot of time taking um, photographs, um, which has been really fun. Um, yeah, I kind of, I mean, there's a whole story behind the photo thing, which we can totally talk about, but, um, it's been, yeah, it's been a really cool thing to develop that skill further this year. So film development, like, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. man, like, cause I know, wasn't it your brother? He's like helping out on that new Tom and Jerry movie, isn't he? Yeah, he's doing amazing. So my little brother is, uh, he works as a, a 3D designer, um, for quite a big, company and uh yeah he's just uh they've just released the trailer for tom and jerry and it's crazy because like he he literally designs like little things that we take for granted so like you know like a backpack or a skateboard and he'll like design these props for tom and jerry to use and then you know in the film they look photorealistic but like they literally and because of covid i've seen him make these things so like i'll walk downstairs and he'll be like oh do you want to see this um this bag i've made i'm like well that's that's really cool it's a bag it's it's 3d but yeah he's had an awesome year he's been on a a fair few kind of big projects recently like it's it's good to know there's something left of the film industry at the moment Mm. that's for sure it's weird because like you know a lot of films you like were like being delayed and then others are they just you know putting them on like pay-per-view kind of thing um it's got to the stage now like if you're a marvel fan like you know it just feels like they've kind of given up with black widow (laughs) yeah you know that's that's one of the things that makes me the saddest about everything that's happened because so i remember of a summer tenant came out and tenant was like the only big film i feel like we got this summer and it didn't do amazing because i think it's like it's more of a serious film i genuinely believe if disney had actually released black widow if they had gone Social Distance Cinema will bring out Black Widow. I think the film industry would be doing a lot better because people, 
like I always go see Marvel films, and I'm, I'm assuming you do. Like mm. the moment a Marvel film goes comes out, doesn't matter how much of a fan I'm not of a certain character, I still have to go see it because I need to know, you know, what's going to happen. Um, and so it sucks because Black Widow is definitely like it's done, right? You know that somewhere Disney have got it, like just on a server, like on their Mac. Just like, should we release it? No, let's 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 hold it back. We we don't need to because they've got enough money to. Um, to hold on to that and just you know do it next year but it's 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 not been great for the rest of the industry because a lot of people i know who i used to work with have found it really rough because you know with marvel not bringing out films then you got paramount and you know the biggest one was just june i was really looking forward to june i think we were all like yes finally and they're like no nah, we're gonna we're gonna push that back for a year guys so it's like yeah it's, it's weird because like they they did like you know Mulan, uh, but that was like a pay per view one. But, yeah, you kind of think to yourself like you know Disney, you know you can do that with like Black Widow, but obviously I'm guessing it probably did not that great. Uh, you know like uh, yeah. like buy streams, but same t- time you just sit there like well, I don't think a lot of people really really asked for for a Mulan action, live action. Yeah, there. I agree with you, man. Actually, I that's something I'd be really curious to hear your thoughts on because. Uh, you play a lot of like Disney covers, right? Mm, so yeah. you you have an appreciation for uh, for the classic Disney, and I love I love classic Disney. Like my my two favorite films of all time would be Jurassic Park, obviously not Disney, but then Lion King is right next to that. Like those are the two films I used to watch back to back. So Lion King, I like love. I still to this day have not seen the new Lion King film, mm. and it's not because it looks bad. It looked it looked great. Like I saw the trailers, was like wow, the three D is amazing. But I was like. I don't need to see a remaster of the Lion King. Like, yeah. if I want the Lion King, I'm gonna go watch the Lion King. Yeah. Um, the new one, the Lion King, I, I quite enjoyed it. There was yeah. one scene where, like, you know, we just sitting there going, like, what, what was the point of that? Like, you know, you know, when, you know, when Simba, you know, <laughs> right. runs, you know, does the run yeah. from like uh, where he's been living with like Simone and Pumbaa to the Pride Lands. They do that, yeah. but for no reason, they've just got some Beyonce song on, and you say like, what? What? Why? <laughs> like why? Who's who's who left their iPod on during this just scene? Yeah, it sounds. I I mean, is it worth watching? Should I should I watch it? Because I'll I'll happily watch it after this episode, and you know I'll, I'll come I'll come back on someday and just be like Lion King. Let's, let's go into it. <laughs> like the, the cast is great. Like, uh, well, you know, Beyonce's quite annoyed. <laughs> but, <laughs> I mean, yeah, Beyonce seems like a massive star to put into any film. So it's always like, is it is it going to be a film or Beyonce? Yeah, <laughs> like they did really well with the. I just can't wait to be king scene, and obviously like Billy Eichner and Seth Rogen as Timon and Pumbaa was like the, the greatest combination ever. Um, so like it does have its good things, and you know John Favreau uh, is that pron- how you pronounce it? Is- I think so. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, I wouldn't know. Let's hopefully he won't uh, get back to us and, and tell us otherwise because I do love the Mandalorian. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh mate, it's so good. Um, it's so good. He he directed it. He directed the uh, the Jungle Book, didn't he? So um, yeah. and like you know the Jungle Book, I preferred it to the original, like than the the, the uh, live action one. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, I think you know the end of the original Jungle Book where Mowgli walks off into the man village. You know, he just kind of like yeah. sees a girl. And he's like, like oh, you know, <laughs> like, I'd yeah. like to have a bit of that. Um, yeah. And then like. Um, but in, in the live action, he, he just stays in the jungle with Bagheera and uh, Baloo because he yeah. knows he's safe because, you know, obviously uh, Shere Khan's dead. So, yeah. 
and that's kind of like the cummies home and he's he's family yeah no that makes sense i think it's it's mind-blowing though what someone like john favreau has kind of done to the film industry in terms of like you know with lion king jungle book and now the mandalorian i don't know if you've seen like the behind the scenes for the mandalorian but just those giant kind of 3d stages that project things it's like it kind of makes you go oh so you're telling me like even with like covid you can just like film inside a warehouse and and basically transport your characters to anywhere else in the world it's both incredible and scary because you're like i guess we don't need to go to locations anymore it's just been so good like if you take it you're up to date yeah yeah definitely man like the episode with like uh ashu katano like yeah, it was oh, it was so good, man. It, yeah, yeah, and the the latest one with um with Boba Fett just blew my mind. I almost cried at the end of that episode, and I had to go oh, to yeah. work straight afterwards. It was like <laughs> I watched it at eight thirty in the morning, and it only went on for half an hour. So I'm sitting there like at work, going like, I don't even want to talk, you know. <laughs> yeah, I had the exact same experience. I finished watching it. I I watched it in the evening, and I was just staring at the screen for ages. I was like. Maybe I just maybe I just start watching it again. Maybe I just watch that episode just just immediately. It was like everything I wanted to see since being a kid just like happened. It was uh, so good. Do you, do you ever have them feelings where you know you watch something for like the second time and you're just sitting there going like, I think this time he's actually going to do something different. <laughs> like, yeah. like, I'm yeah, convinced yeah, every time I watch like... Avengers Endgame where like. Uh, oh like... man. Where, where they get the Tesseract in New York, and I'm pretty sure like Loki's not going to pick it up and disappear. I'm pretty sure yeah. you know Ant Man's just done a sterling job by having yeah. Tony Stark have a heart attack, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and they, they've got the cube, you know that you know. And then they, yeah. they don't have to worry about like you know him meeting his dad or whatever. But you know, it, it, you know, look at watching it back; it's never happened for some reason. No, no, it never it never changes. No matter how much you want it to change, I, I think I always get to the end of that film. I'm like. Maybe there's a way Tony survives this. Maybe, maybe he's gonna survive. And I'm like, no, he's he's definitely dead. The tears are coming back again. <laughs> like, yeah, I remember we went we went to the midnight screen of that, and uh, um, <laughs> I remember like I, I can't handle energy drinks uh, or like you know, but I had an yeah. energy drink because at the end of the day I wanted to stay awake and watch this damn yeah. film. So. Uh, <laughs> Like I'm sitting there during the scene where Thor's like speaking to his mum, like having like a bit of a panic attack because literally had this like energy drink racing through. He's like, I need to walk out of here and get some air. <laughs> I'll come back and next you know, like, <laughs> yeah. like they're on yeah. bloody Vormir and Black Widow's like you know jumping off a cliff. <laughs> oh man, some strong emotions going on in that film for sure. Like yeah, I I, I remember seeing that. I feel like actually. So a friend of mine actually made a really good point about this. And, and I, I thought this was like, it blew my mind what he's saying. He was like, every generation gets like their Star Wars. So like our parents got the original Star Wars films. And that was like, they went to the cinema and saw that. We all love Star Wars, but we never like did that. For us, our Star Wars is like the Marvel films. Like, like it or not, that's like, I mean, Endgame and Infinity War, they were like just the biggest experience to happen. Like, yeah. I remember just trying to avoid the internet when those films were coming out and just being like, I, I, don't want, I don't want any spoilers. Like, don't talk to me about this film. And then, like, getting in there and seeing it and just being like, oh, man, it's 
I need to see that again immediately. <laughs> it's very true. Yeah, I agree. Like I sat there the other day actually just watching Infinity War because you know it was Sunday. We're in yeah. lockdown still, basically. We're with tier two restrictions, whatever you want yeah. to call it. You know, basically pubs are non-existent. Um, yeah. <laughs> sat, sat, sat there watching it the other day. Doctor Strange does the whole, you know, oh, we had 14 million and one, you know, visions he's seen and only one they win. So I'm sitting there going like, why did why did they just have that massive battle with Falcon? Why didn't you just give him the stone from the start? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, Wait a second, you could have... But... We know that we're not going to win. Yeah. I mean, I always find... So one of the things that gets me of that film that I think is really funny is that... I mean, I assume when they go back in time and all of this, because you see the... Um, I can't remember the name of the character that trains Doctor Strange, but she's all like, you know, the timeline oh, gets fragmented. Yeah, the ancient one. And you're like, okay, right, so we're talking about parallel universes here. And so at the start of that film, Thanos is like, just war kills him immediately. And you're like, okay, Thanos is dead. Yeah, I was sitting there in the cinema going, I thought this film was meant to last for three bloody hours. Yeah, exactly, like... <laughs> Oh, it's over. It's, that's that's okay. We're done then. Um, and then you get you get younger Thanos comes into their timeline, and they have the massive battle, and Tony's dead, and they've done it. They saved the day. And I'm like, that's awesome. But doesn't that mean technically in the other universe where this younger Thanos has come from, that one's been saved? Like they've wiped out Thanos in that universe because he went to theirs. Uh, there's no need to worry. Tony Stark is alive. It kind of go. You, you're like. Oh, so I just I just need to watch the other ones, you know. Just jump into that universe, and everything's good. Another thing, literally, is mind blowing is the uh, when when Captain America at the end goes to goes back to give all the stones. Imagine how awkward that is when he goes back and meets his old arch enemy on bloody Vormir. Going, you know what, mate? Here's the stone out of that. Yeah, exactly. Like, hey, buddy, how's it going? Remember me? We both froze together, didn't we? Yeah, it's like you're still looking a lot worse than I am. Here's <laughs> your stone. <laughs> well, it, it just there's a few quick like questions. You know, like hmm. <laughs> you know, you yeah, have to go like, like what? <laughs> yeah, you probably just threw the stone. Like, have it, run. <laughs> just yeah, get out of there. He's like, I'm out. Yeah, got me I'm a sure British hottie. Definitely a solution there where uh, we're not seeing that could have wrapped up things a lot quicker for them all. <laughs> yeah, like, I think I think there has to be a time where we just have to do, like, you know, four and, like, Avengers kind of, like, sit down and, like... <laughs> I would be so into that, man. Like, definitely got nothing but time for that, man. <laughs> we like, just, like, literally watch every Avengers movie and be like, you know, or every Marvel Cinematic yeah. Universe movie back and sit there and, like... It, man. like yeah. Tear, tear it apart just uh, <laughs> properly watch them go through them all yeah I'm into that thank goodness for Disney Plus we can just stream all of those back to back no breaks <laughs> <laughs> oh gee whiz but yeah so your photography anyway we'll get back onto that um, <laughs> <laughs> you, you've so like you've literally travelled quite a few places like you've been to like, like New York um, probably yeah. all around America in all fairness what I remember um, and you just hit some absolutely beautiful photos, you know, like... Thank you, man. It's all right. <laughs> like, Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I, I always feel like, you know, uh, I got really confused because you, you, you messaged me a few months back asking... Uh, well, you put a message on saying, has anyone got a ukulele? <laughs> yeah. But I'm sitting here, like, you know, at home going like, he's in New York. <laughs> <laughs> I get that. I get that a lot. So it's really funny because... Um, 
like there's definitely different like a, a lot of my friends take photos as well and there's like definitely different schools of how to do it so my best friend um he shoots he shoots like a maximum of like 10 photos or something like when we're out like and even then he's like throwing away most of those and he'll get to like one or two shots he really likes i'm the opposite i shoot like literally hundreds of photos whenever i go to any one place because i'm not always that confident i'm like okay this is a really nice car or building let me take a photo and then let me take a million others just so i've got you know enough coverage and so what happens whenever i go to these really incredible places especially somewhere like new york where i'd always wanted to go and i was there for like two weeks and everything in that city just it just wants to be photographed like i genuinely believe you can just point a camera anywhere in that city and you're gonna get a really cool photograph and so obviously i'm there shooting photos and then i end up like posting these photos and i don't want to spam everyone with like a million photos so instead i end up spamming people just for months at a time with the same photos and it's like i've been in the city for like two weeks and i'm in the uk and everyone thinks i'm out there everyone's like oh man dan like you're living in new york or like i got it with amsterdam like how was living in amsterdam i was like um i was i was there for a week it was it was good where's the best place you've uh like photographed there we go i'm about to say photographed photographed that is a really good question um I mean, I loved New York. I think more than anything, like seeing, like like is it going like, to, like the kind of like the, the you know the dream of always you know obviously you know yeah. seeing movies and things like that and like there'd always be something where they just end up in New York. Um. Yeah, yeah. No, that's it. That's exactly you've you've hit the nail on the coffin. Like literally, it is that because I I mean, and it's probably the same for you. Like as a kid, New York City just appears in like every film. They they go there at some point. So I remember seeing it and just being like. I got to go there someday. And um, I got the opportunity because a friend of mine um, is living out there. And um, she was like to a couple of us, she was like, come down and and, and come spend like a, a week or two with me. I was like, yeah, you know what? Why not? Let's do it. And um, it was like stepping off the plane. It was stepping into a movie scene. Hmm. Like, I think I wrote this in the last photo I posted of New York City, but I, I said, there are very few things in life that are just like the movies. Like we're always like, it's not like the movies. New York city is just like the movies. It is. It's, it is that character. Like it's loud. There are crazy people. I saw a dude run up to a car that was at like a traffic light, punch the car, run away. And the driver of the car got out of the car and just legged it off to this guy. And no one batted an eyelid. Everyone's just like, let's keep going. Just, just, you know, keep doing your thing. Um, and so, yeah, to see it was just, it was amazing because it's like, it's this weird sensation of knowing something without having ever been there. So you get there and it just, it feels like home in a way because you've grown up seeing this all of your life. So yeah, walking around that at all times of the day, um, taking a million photos of it. It's just, yeah, it was, it was really special, man. Really, really enjoyed that. Mm. And like I've only been once, and technically I've actually never actually been into New York. Uh, yeah. I literally uh, crossover flight, just landed at the airport, and our plane got delayed Definitely in the air for like yeah. half hour because Donald Trump was actually in the airport. Oh, so like, literally, oh, wow. <laughs> of course, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, um, 
I've been to Chicago, uh, like you know, for oh, that's like cool, man. about three yeah. hours. Uh, I think it was I spent there, and I just got absolutely drunk and just went back on the plane. I mean, that sounds like something you should do at Chicago, and something you should do on mm. a plane. I, I like, you know, I'm all for uh, making sure that you're at a good level of tipsy when you're flying. Like for me, the moment I'm on a plane and it's a long haul flight, I'm like, let's get a couple of beers in, and uh, you know. See what happens. <laughs> the, the funniest thing about my flight when I got like, I landed in Chicago is this this fella sitting next to me. Uh, like literally, I've gone by myself because I'm, I'm meeting my mate in Ohio, um, and like yeah. um, <laughs> I'm sitting on the plane, and like uh, you know, I just wait for what he orders next to me because I'm, I'm like I don't really want to be very like you know just judgmental. He goes, "I'll have a glass <laughs> of wine, please." And like, yeah, I'll have the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, me too. That's that's right for me. I remember, so I remember um, this year I did, I did Florida um, and everyone who's, I, to be honest, I didn't post any photos of it because I didn't take any photos. It was for work and um, it wasn't like a, a, a mad fun trip. It was more like uh, working on, because the company I was working in were based in New York. So like before going to Florida, I was working like double time trying to get this huge project happening and um like you have to come to Florida for like three days to be there and to, to do more work. And I was like, okay. And that meant like waking up at five in the morning, UK time, going to like Heathrow, getting on this plane. And the one thing I can't do on planes, I can't sleep. Same. So I, so I'm like, okay, well I'll just have some drinks. I'll watch some movies, which I did. And then I arrived in Florida and it was like, I went straight to work after nine hours of flying. And I don't think they realized that because by the end of that first day, it was like one or two in the morning American time. and Everyone was working double time. So we, we finished at two in the morning. And I was like, guys, um, I really need to go to bed because I've been awake for like 25 hours now. And uh, I did that for a couple of days and I got on my flight home from Florida and um, I had a window seat. And besides me is like, a six-year-old child and her mom and i've just like i've just worked 72 hours without really sleeping and <laughs> i'm like i'll take a glass of wine please and i remember drinking this wine next to this like this this six-year-old child and my apple watch vibrates and it says your heart rate just spiked after like my first like alcoholic drink. I was like, Oh, I've stayed awake way too much. And now this six year old is going to be next to this guy who's just about to die. Like imagine if that had been what had happened. If I had like just had a heart attack or something and this poor child would be like, what has happened? So luckily I, I survived and, um, and, and no one was scarred, but um, yeah, the, the tip is just not to drink, um, not to drink, too much if you haven't slept too too much that's what i learned on the on the plane that exact thing happened to me like i can't sleep on planes and um so yeah. connecting flight from ohio last time it was like last um last year november time i was coming back and to be fair to you i'm one of the people i can't really sleep unless it's my own bed like you know i'll just you know i will be able to sleep but you know i wake up in the night and think like that you know quite a lot yeah. Um, yeah. so what happened with me is like, you know, I've stayed out, you know, in Columbus for like two weeks, um, and on the way home, uh, so I've thought, you know, screw it. I need to try and get some sleep somehow. So I've tried yeah. sleeping on the first plane, which took me to New York. Couldn't get, you know, yeah. like a drop of sleep at all. And then, um, um, and then like, obviously got to New York, stayed like, you know, there for about four hours or whatever it was, uh, got the next plane. Uh, yeah. this is the one that basically I flew me over 
And the problem was like the um, <laughs> none of the, the the TV system on my on my plane seat worked. Oh no, man! And <laughs> I, I couldn't sleep, so I'm sitting oh. there for like like what was it like? Is it seven hours to New York? It's not yeah. it's not that long to be fair with you, but um, yeah. and like what happened was like my girlfriend at the time it was her um i i uh swapped a day or something like that because of um yeah um we had to have we were gonna have christmas dinner over at her parents um yeah and um like so i had to go straight to work <laughs> oh, <man>. so, <laughs> so obviously 20 like you know what's it like 15 hours of flying or whatever you know yeah. got got back to the uk um quickly just jumped in my shower at home <laughs> put on some like fresh pants or whatever just went straight to work and what happened was like they were like how you doing like i haven't had any sleep this is gonna be a fun day uh, <laughs> uh at lunch just went home had like half an hour of sleep like just sort of, like you know you hit a pillow you know the next you know you like alarm goes off you're like boop better go back and i've got to like teach new people in the afternoon um like and um <laughs> they're like talking to me i'm like half dead like so you haven't had any sleep on no, <laughs> no I, yeah. I haven't. <laughs> and then got home, ate that night, and the next thing you know, it was six o'clock in the evening. Put my head on the pillow, down for the count. And yeah, no way will lie, that is probably the greatest sleep I've ever had. <laughs> oh yeah, it gets you, man. It, I I'll never forget um, after Florida when I arrived, and it was weird. I arrived on the one day this year that it snowed, hmm. so I was like, I, I was like, what what happened while I was away? And I hadn't slept, and I remember, you know, traveling back by a train, getting to Brentwood, getting an Uber, getting home, and then I stayed up a little bit longer, just so it'd be like six when I went to bed. I genuinely slept for about sixteen hours. I just, I just did not wake up for like hours, and I was like, I woke up, and it, it felt like the greatest, the greatest experience of my life. I was like, that's what sleeping, that's what sleeping feels like. Like, wow. <laughs> Um, when you get that sleep, you say like, "Yeah, that was totally worth it. <laughs> that's, yeah. That was worth it. That you know, that all them like you know hours of not sleeping or whatever." But yeah. <laughs> I just felt so fresh that next day. I remember it like, yeah, it literally, I just felt so great. I was like, you know, just like praying around. Like, Morning, Dad. <laughs> just, <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, yeah. The great thing about the great thing about not sleeping on like a long haul flight is that you don't really get jet lag. That's the one thing I discovered. Because the first time I went to... Well, I mean, I said first time. The time I went to New York, when I came back, I had really just incredible jet lag. I'd never experienced it before. And it was like, it took a week or two for that to disappear. But the Florida trip, because I just never actually slept, like, there was zero jet lag. Like, once I had that 16 hours of sleep, I was like, like you're saying, I was good. I was ready to go. I was like, yep, I'm a new man now. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, like you know there'd been some like you know uh, well that, that was just annoying really that flight because literally the tv didn't work and i'm sitting there actually watching over the the person in front of me who's watching avengers endgame like, i know every word to this i've got this <laughs> yeah, you're like, i can just uh, i don't need the sound i was just uh yep 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 there it is <laughs> is that the most emotional scene ever me too <laughs> Like that really, that made my favorite scene in that film has to be when Paul Rudd meets his daughter. You know, he's like apparently oh, five years yeah. older, even though that's a lie. She's like fucking twelve years older. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like no, that's, what? <laughs> like, yeah. like you're telling me your daughter Cassie, who looks probably about five years old, and that thing has turned into a smoking hot twenty-one year old. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's like that. That doesn't make sense. It's like that's that's clear. That someone someone on set forgot how old the daughter was, like mm. for sure. And they're just like, just make her a grown up. That's that's it. <laughs> Man, but <laughs> so in between, obviously, university photography. Yeah. You also were a bartender. I was. Yeah. I was a bartender, um, which is how we met. And that was yeah, bartending was was crazy it's it's an experience that i feel like everyone should do and then just just never do again like i feel like you have to be so strong like bartenders get the <laughs> the craziest stuff happen to them and uh i mean brentwood is obviously a town where uh where people love to drink and yeah there's been some weird things have happened when i was a bartender like it was it was truly a crazy a crazy little experience i loved i did love pouring guinness though learning to do the like you know the clover was the coolest thing doing that shamrock when people would be like can i get a guinness and you're like yeah i'll get your guinness and then you like you start shamrocking and then you put it then they're like oh little shamrock you're like i'm the greatest bartender alive that's that's how it felt <laughs> My mate once asked in O'Neill's for a, um, a Guinness and they went, what, what what do you want on the top? And he said, like, an elephant. And he just actually drew, it was Alex Brewer, he drew, like, a fawn elephant. And he went, oh, there you go. Man. And it was literally, like, the most perfect elephant you'd ever see. He was like, damn, boy, you got skill. <laughs> that guy, that guy was, like, the, the master bartender. Like, I remember when I was working there at O'Neill's, like, obviously he wasn't a... A member of the team because he, he was doing other things but he would always come in on those ridiculously busy nights it would be like when it when it was like christmas time or something like that he'd do a couple of shifts and it was like basically when they bring in like the mvp like the retired champion like like they come in and they just like absolutely dominate and i was like man i i'm i'm, I'm like an okay bartender like my skill was just talking to people for long enough that they forgot that their order was like taking way too long you know i'd be like how's your day going yeah yeah cool no worries man just pouring this one drink cool and you said you want another five of those cool cool that's fine that's fine we'll keep talking like <laughs> that's what i was doing what was the craziest thing you've ever seen in a bar then what you when you've been working uh i mean two th- there's there's two stories that that spring to my head immediately that's great this the podcast first... is called story time so we're gonna hear two great stories i can't wait we're gonna hear two incredible <laughs> stories and I'm genuinely, I'm not making up any of these. These are like, for me, they're crazy. So the biggest one was uh, on a Christmas Eve. And I remember it, we just, was it Christmas Eve? It must have been, yeah. I think it was Christmas Eve. No, it was Boxing Day, right? So it was Boxing Day. It was after Christmas. And I was on a shift with, and there was only like three of us at the time. And so management was upstairs. It was just me. And this guy called Taylor, and uh, Taylor was really cool. And we're just running around, um, you know, serving people. It was pretty quiet. We weren't expecting anything to go wrong. And then there's, like, this commotion happening. And uh, there's, like, this dude in a group of people, and he's shouting at this woman. And um, at first, we're, like, not doing anything. We're just kind of, like, watching. And customers started coming up to us and being like, "Uh, excuse me, are you guys, like, going to do anything? And Taylor, bless him, he was like, he, he must have been really young at the time, like maybe 19. 
I was a bit older and manager was upstairs just like counting up the cash and things like that. So there wasn't time to get the manager downstairs mm-hmm. and things like these, this dude is really screaming and Taylor's like, what do we do? And I'm like, well, I guess we need to go break up this fight, which I, I, I later learned is not what you're meant to do as a bartender. Um, but yeah, so we went out, <laughs> we go up to this guy and we're like, excuse me, like, um, what, what's the problem here? Like what, what's going on? And this guy turns around to us. He's, he's angry. And he's basically like, that woman is like, is, 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 is chatting shit about my mother. And we're like, Oh boy. It's a, like, it's a classic, you know, your mother, this, that situation. And she's like screaming at them. And then the dude starts like, like, like grabbing bottles and stuff. And so I had to like come between them between this woman who who someone is like she's a prostitute that's what she is and i was like i don't understand what's what's going on here now like so apparently the prostitute is saying that this guy's mother is like also a prostitute i i don't know and uh it basically like so we get this this woman away from the situation uh and she's like she's like why are you, why are you moving me away from this i want to i want to keep more like please please stop the dude gets angry and we're like, dude, you need to leave. Um, all of a sudden, he's spitting at our faces, throwing bottles. Like, I mean, just just somehow he had an unlimited supply of empty wine bottles. I do not know where they came from. And they're just clashing everywhere. One of them, like, flew above my head and then hit my friend Taylor in the arm. And, uh, and that was him kind of out of the fight. Um, but, yeah, at that point, we called the police. So they ran. The guys ran. And it's just us and this woman, um, and she's like, I'm leaving. I don't want to be here when the police arrive. I'm getting out of here. And uh, out she goes, and we were just there, like, really confused. There's, like, you know, bottles of glass everywhere. And uh, and the police, of course, never turned up either. I mean, I feel like they were like, I feel like we called them, we were like, oh, we've got a problem. And they're like, okay, and uh, where's the problem? We're like, uh, it's at a pub. And they're like, cool sure we'll uh we'll get to that because it's just assumed pubs are rowdy but does that you know yeah, the simpson scene where he goes oh that's great i'm just going to type it up on my invisible typewriter <laughs> yeah exactly that's exactly what it was it's like stop wasting my time um so yeah that was a that was an incredibly weird night i remember just coming back from that and just being really amped up like what i, I just didn't understand what happened um and then the other one that's really funny is uh well i mean i say really funny my friend uh you know laurie right yeah. I, I i feel like she hasn't forgiven me for this one which wasn't my fault but it's it's it genuinely is hilarious so uh we were hanging out for like some wines and i was not working on this day like i i was not at work i we just happened to be in the pub but um i was there solely to uh, enjoy it ordered some chips and this couple came in and i think the the gentleman's walking around on like a cane and the woman's on like uh you know like the the frames so they're like both pretty like not not really moving around so much and um it turns out they're both like just raging alcoholics just like both of them like absolutely love to to drink and so the the man gets like paralytic drunk um in the like disabled toilet and he's like his wife is like he won't come out he's just like stuck in there and for some reason 
me being off duty, I'm like, okay, let's let's do it. Like, get the key, unlock it, have to carry this guy out, and he's just not making any sense. And she's like, oh, he might be dying. And I had to call up an ambulance for him, and the ambulance took two hours to come. And so I'm waiting there on my day off with this crazy couple. Ambulance arrives. <laughs> they do a check on him, and I'm like, okay, cool. You guys are going to take him right? They're like, no, like he's just a drunk. Like we, we, like this guy's your problem. And I'm like, I'm not even working at the moment. Like, what do I do? <laughs> and like, I, eventually, I called them a cab, and I just forced them to get in the cab. I was like, please, just, just go wherever you need to go, and and be gone. And they begrudgingly left. And Laurie was like, she was like, dude, dude. I was like, four hours of my life. I came to hang out with you, and you spent four hours just hanging out with this crazy couple and every now and then she still sees them in town so i'll get like a text just being like oh by the way this is uh i i saw them again i'm like i just i don't want to be close to those people <laughs> it's weird because like people do see you and like they're like you know they obviously they know that you work there so they kind of feel like yeah. well you know he may be off duty but so I remember when that, I, I, I left the co-op and about two weeks later I went in there one Sunday with my parents and said, excuse me, is the brigadier raised? I'm not even in uniform. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like all of a sudden you're an off-duty sheriff all the time. Yeah, like... so, so I just had to go in and be like, you know, you're right, it's, you know, the baguette's going to be ready anytime soon. It'll be five minutes. Or it'll be five minutes, there you go. And then I remember like <laughs> one of the other people who even worked there, so I went, Matt, where's Sugar? Went right behind your bottom shelf. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's it's. it's I think because like, obviously you know with me, um, you know, big ginger guy. You've got you know this amazing yeah. hair as well. Like, <laughs> we're pretty. We are pretty recognizable. Mm. Like, like we're we're two of the most recognizable people in the in the town. To be fair, <laughs> yeah, it's the thing, isn't it? Like you know, you stand out in this town. Like you know, you have like you know all these people <laughs> looking like you know the. You know, just kind of like yeah. slick back hair, looking like they want to be on Towie or whatever. And then you know, it's just us, you know, that. Yeah, like, exactly. It's just, it's just like, there's everyone else. And then there's people like us who are like, oh, yeah, I don't I don't quite fit the mold here. <laughs> like, like, it's like bloody Island of Misfit Toys, isn't it? You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the ones that just didn't quite make the cut. <laughs> it's like, you know, are you even from Essex? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, I remember there was a while where people would be like, so, so, um, yeah, like, where do you, where are you? I was like, oh, yeah, I just, you know, I work in London. Yeah, just, yeah, that's what I, I work at. And they're like, yeah, yeah, but like, where do you live? I'd be like, oh, like, uh, Brentwood. And they're like, oh, where's, where's that again? I'm like, uh, S- Essex. And they're like, no, you live in Essex. It's, Essex is such a funny, like, it's such a funny concept now, mm. right? Like, you hear the words Essex and it's like, we're not all the, the Taui types. Like, there's you know, there's me and Matt out here. We're still we're still doing our thing. Like, <laughs> there's there's other people around. <laughs> One of the most funniest things ever was this time when I, I went out to Ohio, and obviously, uh, I was a single man at the time. Got my got the old Tinder, and I uh, oh, where about something in the UK you're from? I was like, a place called Essex. Oh my god, I watch Taui all the time. I was like, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep. It, it's it's incredible. I remember back in. 
back in school times when I was playing video games and like Halo was all the rage and Xbox Live was a thing and you could just chat to strangers. I don't know why that was a thing that we were doing. Why parents were like, there you go, have a have a video game console with just access to anyone on in the world. But I remember you'd get all these people from like the States and they'd be like, where are you from then, man? And you'd be like, Essex. And they're like, so you know like Essex girls and like Towie and I'd be like, just disconnect, just, just disconnect, and, and just just leave. <laughs> Player one has left the game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> just out, just out immediately. But it's funny though because I think, um, I mean, obviously, I mean, both of us have been in Brentwood for so long. I, I'm assuming you've grown up here like yeah. all your life, and I've lived here now for something like I don't know, maybe fifteen plus years. So a lot of my life. And, like, I get the stereotypes completely, because, like you said, you do go out and you see, like, a whole bunch of Taui, like, lookalikes, everyone rocking, like, the white chino jeans or something like that. But at the same time, I've met so many, there's more non-Taui people here than there are Taui people, for sure. Like, all the friends I have are, like, you know, regular folk, and we live in this pretty strange county or town where it's like there's a stereotype but it's not quite true for the majority of us and it's always like it's always just like really annoying because you're like no no that's not uh not not what the deal is which is one of the things i found really interesting about like this year taking photos uh because i didn't like do any traveling this year because just you know covid happened job stuff happened but I had a camera and like for me taking photos is, is as much about like doing something creative as it is about just surviving and doing something for your mental health. And so I was like, well, I might as well take photos off Brentwood. And I found it really fascinating because all the photos I got of Brentwood, like they, they genuinely don't always look like, like the Brentwood you kind of picture at first. Like there's the big water tower at Wally, which is like, probably my favorite photo of the year maybe of all time and all these strange little things like the car wash place up in pilgrim's hats that just seem timeless and it's kind of like doing that has made me realize that brentwood is such a an odd little town it's it's so unique that if you just stick with the high street or if you just think it's like taui and essexy you miss so much more of what's going on here yeah I'd say agree, like, you know, that is very true. Um, when it comes to Essex, South End. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, South End, now that is, <laughs> that's a special place. <laughs> I, I always describe South End to people, like, what's it like? It's like going through a time tunnel. Like, what do you mean? But, like, it's people there, like, they just seem like they're stuck in the year 2000. Um, <laughs> you, you, you could probably go there, you'll probably hear, like, you know, bands like, you know, you could probably hear, like, Papa Roach playing all the time and the, yeah, not, not yeah, it's, it's really Uncle Cracker. Uh. Yeah, it's it's really cool though. Like, I there's there's one pub down there I've been to a couple of times. I can't remember its name, but they do like. I mean, I'm not a vegan, but they do incredible vegan food, and they've got like incredible like organic beers and and things like that. And I was uh, like, Binko, I know what it's called. Is it called the Railway? 
I think it is the railway. I think yeah. I think that's the one, man. Really I saw, cool. Uh, I saw Cunt and the gang there, and they, they were just advertising vegan food everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, it's like, it's so, it's so hip. But if you, like, so I went down to Clacton on Sea a couple of years ago. I will, I will never go back to Clacton on Sea. I'd like to apologize formally now to any of your fans that might be based in Clacton. It's, um, I'll be honest, I don't not- think I know anyone from Clacton, so I think you're all right. That's good, man, because honestly, that place was like more like 60s, but like 60s, like, like druggy land. It was crazy. And the thing that blew my mind away is we went to this pier and I saw the Confederate flag flying in Clacton. And I was like, this isn't even the right country for this. Like, like, how has this happened? Like, <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Right. It's just some places that you just think you, uh, you just look at me like I don't think, <laughs> I don't yeah. think they've ever grown up like, like no. I was saying about South End like you still see people repping the bloody uh, like flame t- uh, flame shirts you know the button up oh, shirts yeah. with like the flames on it's all in black yeah. and it feels like it hasn't come forwards it feels like the rest of the world kind of went in one direction and they were like no we're gonna stick around here for a little while and. They just never got the memo. I quite like my flame shirts. I'm, I'm just going to stick with it. Like, good on you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to hold on to these, you know. I'm going to hold on to these for now. <laughs> Man, but <laughs> like, like you said, Essex, I just think Essex in general is just like, you know, the most, like, it's a very, very diverse place. It's like yeah, it a whole county, but like, it's like what Camden Town is as a town, but just in the whole county. <laughs> yeah there's so much there's so much here like it's yeah it's filled to the brim with different things and and different places like and and different cultures going on as well it's um yeah there's so much more to it than the the taui and and all the stereotypes you're right like you go to south end and it's like it's a completely different world out there and then you go to like somewhere like say Romford, which is like only like half an hour away from Brentwood mm. by train, and it's like it's still technically part of Essex, but it's also London, and that's a completely different vibe to any of these places. It's it's yeah, really interesting. Mm-hmm. I remember uh, we I went and met my brother a few like uh, weeks ago before the the second lockdown happened. He, he lives in Hornchurch, but we we went to um, yeah. uh, like Romford beforehand, and like. You know, you know when you just have like you know the, the <laughs> we went to the Weatherspoons there. Like there's, there's two, yeah. you know that's the funniest thing about it. Like literally that, but there's <laughs> one where like literally like you know you could see all the regulars just go there, and there's just one where like you know it's more hip. You know you probably do get yeah. some regulars, but it's just more of a diverse crowd. But the one we went to, like I remember like sitting there and just like sitting. Oh god, this is like you know quite creepy. Especially like there's this guy yeah. who's been sitting there for like twenty minutes, not being served, but he was coughing away. So I'm sitting there like. <laughs> It's a bit awkward. It's like, you yeah, know, you're you, like, oh, you not, not the coffee. time for that. You're like, oh, this is weird. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, Romford is also like, you know, uh, I don't know if you've ever been Romford Dogs. No, I have not. I yeah. have not. I, I always see it on the uh, the train whenever I pass by, though. It, that place confuses me a little bit because that place, like, looks like it was made in, like, the 80s mm. and then also just never changed. Just, just stayed exactly the way it is right it's, a, it's another place but like 
because they, they 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 had like you know Romford dogs on like I call it dogging because it's funny, um, but um, <laughs> like you know you go there on a Saturday morning like you know for the Saturday morning session or whatever, and you just yeah. got all these families and you can just see the kids are like bored shitless, but like you know the parents are like nope our dog is running we're gonna win so you know he's gonna make us some money, <laughs> uh, but you just feel so bad for them kids because you know obviously they just want to live you know but they're stuck yeah. in like this little bar area that and they probably have to go there every bloody Saturday to. Uh, it's such a there's such yeah that's like just it it blows my mind that there's like again it comes back to this cultural difference right like i i've never gone to to dog racing i'm like i probably wouldn't go even if i could it's it's not something that's ever been like something i want to see but it's like you said there are people that go like every single saturday with their kids it's like this is what we do on a saturday like we're gonna you know we're gonna go down and do this and um yeah, that's normal. That's like normal for, for someone else's life. Like, that's a thing. It's the weird thing is, you just look at the kids and you just think straight away, you're totally going to be just like your dad when you grow up. You're going to be coming <laughs> here with your family and things like that. It's a slow <laughs> decline into the same thing. <laughs> right. oh. The greatest thing about it, though, to be honest with you, Dan, was um, you, you can go there and you get a picture of like four pints for a tenner. I remember like, you okay, know. Yeah, that's uh, that's impressive. That's yeah. that's already blown my mind away. That's incredible. The the girl behind the counter. She was an older girl. She went, uh, "How many how many glasses when you want?" I'll just I'll take a straw if you want. She couldn't stop <laughs> laughing at that. Right? And it's like one of the most like oldest jokes in the book. I'm sitting there going, "How's nobody else used this on her?" And then at the end of the night, she gave me like four free passes to come back next week. He's like, "I could have pulled me a cougar, but you know, <laughs> I didn't bother going back the next week." <laughs> That's uh, that's incredible, man. <laughs> to be honest, I would I I would have quite liked to see you just you know do use a straw, just you know picture it, get a straw, and just live that life, man. That's uh, that's a bold move. <laughs> well, the good thing about it is nobody else was drinking cider, so it literally was just for me. So I'm just literally standing there with a pint glass, going, <laughs> "Oh man, that's uh, that's the good life right there." <laughs> oh, brilliant! Yeah. <laughs> well. More about you. <laughs> tell, tell us about like you. You got quite into uh, well during lockdown. One of your projects you wanted to do was learn how to play the lu- uh, the ukulele. There we go. Well, it's called the ukulele. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I love music. I really, really enjoy music. And to be fair, the ukulele thing is like one of the funniest things. It's it's one of the th- stories that will forever solidify you in my mind just because you responded to that and were like I've got a ukulele man. I was like I was like what? Um I remember so I remember what happened was I think it was like I think after the lockdown, the first lockdown or sometime during it, uh there was like an evening out and I had some drinks and I was like walking home late at night one evening and I was listening to like music and Spotify recommended a new song by um, Hone. I don't know if you know the band Hone at all, but um, it was just this tiny song called No Song Without You. It's like two minutes and it's like a really simple jam. I was like, I love this. This is amazing. And then I was like, I really need to hear this on ukulele. And I Googled it and I was like, no one had played it on ukulele because it just come out. And I was like, okay, I need a ukulele. <laughs> and I was like, so I, I wrote on Facebook, I was like, has anyone in Brentwood got a ukulele? They could let me thinking, I'm just going to look like 
I think things like that seem worse because if, if like no one responds, then all your other friends have seen that you've just been rejected by the world. But you like you were like straight up like yeah, and I was like oh my goodness, I could get a ukulele today, and, and then I got the ukulele and I, I learned how to play it, and it was uh, it was it was everything I dreamed of and more. I, I feel like I should do a uh, like a recorded version of that at some point, mm. and you know put that out there. Um, but yeah, I love it. I I'm not a particularly good musician. I'm like, <laughs> I always pick up instruments and like learn to play little bits, and then I stop. And um, you know, I I have a really bad habit of looking at things on eBay I shouldn't look at. And so at the moment, I'm looking at uh, vintage synthesizers now. Like, I really want to, you know, a synthesizer would be so much fun. Like, I could start, you know, doing some really cool <laughs> stuff. I'm like, I can't afford a synthesizer, nor do I deserve to own one. I'm like, don't 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 do this, man. <laughs> Uh, you uh, you said like uh, do I know this band and literally I'll tell you what Dan when it, when it comes to my taste in music I'm like South End I just haven't changed it since <laughs> <laughs> yeah we've got completely different uh, different vibes of music but again I, I love again like I really enjoyed uh, back when I was working at O'Neill's I remember seeing you play music when there was that um, it was like a band battle right like a battle of musicians and I think you were in the the you top did, three you, of you did photography for it and um yeah darko's mate one uh mark power that was the one and he yeah. he did a kind of like wasn't he's like a rap hybrid kind of thing was yeah he, like he, he basically rapper? did a rap over like you know like lincoln park and uh saint else yeah he's really good yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, really yeah no really talented but again it was like seeing you on stage rocking that uh that guitar which i don't know if you've covered your guitar yet on on this this show but i i personally would love to know the story behind that thing because it's like decked out with like a million stickers um <laughs> you may actually be the inspiration for my nintendo switch because my nintendo switch is like decked out with stickers and i think it might have been because i saw you on stage i was like that's that's pretty cool i i like what this this guy has done there but um yeah, I feel like your music is really cool. I feel like it's it's. I I definitely listen to a lot of weird, obscure indie stuff, but you seem to listen to a lot of popular stuff, but put such a cool spin on it and and almost bring a lot of humor to it. Because I remember when you first started playing, like I can't remember what Disney song you were playing, but it was like this mixture of like this is. Like, you're like, at first I was like, this is hilarious. Like, he's doing serious Disney. But then I was like, oh my goodness, this is really good. This is, like, incredibly good. Like, yeah, mind-blowing, man. <laughs> and, uh, it was, yeah, I I always tell you the story about my, my uh, music career. You know when you just just wanted to do, like, an open mic night? And then yeah. you're like, oh, fuck, that escalated. Because next thing you know, people are booking me left, right, and center. Like, the whole <laughs> first year of, like... When you start doing it, literally, it was hectic. Um, I, I yeah. didn't expect myself to be out there. Like I was getting booked in places I'd never even heard of. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it, you get to meet so many cool people. Like you know, doing yeah. it. Like there's so many that come to mind. Like there was a guy called Lawrence Crow, and his like stage name was Wolf Sunday. Uh, he does the oh, theme song to this uh, podcast, actually. Um, yeah, um, and uh, he just just watching him like you can tell he'd been doing it for years and he's younger than me like you know he's he, like when you watch him live he will literally like the last song he'll do like he will li just unplug his guitar and walk around the whole bloody pub playing you know and just singing out oh, loud man. and things like that like 
it's just then just like he's even yeah. got like a gig of when he was at university and he's got like you know rammed out a laundrette and like it's wow. him sitting on top of a washing machine playing his song Botany so cool. Bane. It's just they're like yeah mental <laughs> I'm, I'm so into that man i think that's one of the saddest parts about this year has been losing live music mm. i think there's something so special about performances like that and the experience of of being creative in the way because like i feel like we've all had those gigs we've been to where it's like it just kind of blows your mind. You come back and you, you're you aware that you'll never have that experience again. Mm. And it's the one level of even even with what I do with the photographs can never quite touch upon that because like I can freeze like a frame and it's like it's a beautiful frame but I have photos of like these bands that I've seen and even the photos and the videos on the phone can never truly show you what that was like. Like you, they never fully push you back then it's like you you just know when you've seen something like that you, that you've seen something special so it's like it's such a shame that that we don't get to experience music like that mm. at the moment i do hope that uh that there'll be something left of the uh the music industry when we when we come out of this thing yeah it's gonna be weird isn't it like you know but it's just one yeah. of the things you literally have to taking everything by you know every really. you know I... yeah just gotta see what happens yeah i mean you know, there's always going to be music. That's that's something that you know we we need. So it it will come back. I don't know what form it's going to come back in, but uh, I'm I'm sure it's good. I've I've still got my Bon Iver or Bon Iver tickets. So I'm like, <laughs> just like whenever you're whenever you're back down, guys, I'll be I'll be ready to see you. <laughs> I've never I never actually listened to them, but I know the song "Skiing Love" and someone was singing it to me. One guy, oh, "Skiing Love" was like. You're like, yeah. I feel like Skinny Love is one of those songs that gets sung by people when people are like really drunk. Like mm. at the end of the night, someone is gonna sing Skinny Love if you're uh, in the right crowd. No, I love, I love that band though. Very uh, like Woodside Cabin vibes. Very, very indie. Like <laughs> the kind of album where you you can't understand everything that's being said. Is you know, I'm very into that. I'm like, yep. I just I'm feeling raw emotions here. <laughs> Oh, what was I going to say? Like and the story behind the guitar and the stickers. Um, yeah, y- you know when you you buy like a t-shirt and next you know a free sticker comes along. So like, yeah. well, I've got nowhere really else to put that fucking guitar. Bam. <laughs> yeah, and then like it's quite the collection, right? Mm. Like it must have been years of doing this. Yeah, yeah, it really is quite a collection. Like the bottom of it says uh, "Mean People Suck." Now there's a story behind that. We went and saw Fallout yeah. Boy in like 2003. And we, you know when you just have them people like come up to you in the yeah. crowd trying to sell you, or like when you're queuing up, yeah. and selling you like a sticker like rip off price for like three quid or four quid or whatever it is. Yeah, we bought yeah. it from him, and then like a few years later, I thought that'd be quite funny to actually have on the guitar. So I went on eBay, typed in "Mean People Suck" sticker, and bought it, <laughs> and that's why it's on the thing. I bought a new guitar recently. I just covered the face, uh, no, covered the whole thing with the face of John Cena. Uh, like it's, so this, does this, that, like, like, does that by logic that's so good does that by logic mean that your guitar is now invisible like it, in theory you, you can't see it right like it's just you know like I've gone. Got, I've gone all out it's an air guitar <laughs> there you go yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah. that's so cool <laughs> yeah I don't, uh, it was meant to have like just one big picture of his face on it but yeah. I've obviously ordered it wrong, and next you know I've got all these like tiny ones. So I thought, fuck yeah. it, I'm covering the guitar and all of these. Covering. That's so good, though, man. I love that, though. I love that you, you know, that's a new guitar, and you've covered that in in 
with a sense of personality, right? Mm. Because I think like there's like a thing with like artists and musicians sometimes to just have like a pretty decked out setup. Like I, I love guitars. Like I can't I can't play them to save my life that well. I, I have one, but I'm like always like I get emails from like Fender and Gretsch every other day and I'm like, oh my goodness, look at this three thousand pound Gretsch silver jet or like white falcon and i'm like they're just so beautiful and so pristine and like then there's you who's just like putting like john cena on there and i feel like that's amazing because like the moment you you get up on stage like a bit of your personality is going to be seen by like everyone's going to like get it instantly they're going to be like this is you know this guy is cool this guy is is fun he's going to do something really interesting here so i think that's a really cool way of like showing that off mm. um like yeah um what you said about the personality thing like it just always reminds me of this story of, like i played a gig in chelmsford at the golden fleece uh, yeah i played there many a times and literally had no problems but for one day there, there was just these people there like you know who like you know got a bit drunk because they probably watched the football and it was only yeah. like you know five o'clock in the afternoon or like just six <laughs> o'clock and trust me man as, as somebody who worked in bars that is that is like the standard if the football is on like someone is going to be that drunk at mm. five in the afternoon <laughs> like what happened was like they just had it in for me like they really oh, did no. and like there was loads of people there who actually come to see me like like the problem is like with you know my name is too bloody long um yeah. <laughs> so when i come on stage people you know they like you know I, I somehow got branded the disney guy and i don't really know how i think i just yeah Basically, people go, it's the Disney guy. And I was like, well, you know, that's my my stage name. Uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> that's amazing. So, yeah, that, that's what really happened then. So the, the, they've introduced me. I've got up there, played like under the sea as I usually would. Uh, and yeah. next, you know, these like, you know, rowdy football fans are asking me to play like Coldplay, Nickelback, Bruce Springsteen. Problem is... They obviously did not hear that I'm called the Disney guy. And then they were just yeah. like heckling me all the way through this gig because they wanted their songs. And I'm sitting there going like, number one, I fucking hate Coldplay, right? <laughs> You're never going to hear me seeing Coldplay, right? So go do one. And I just had to keep playing off. So I'm like, oh, I'm pretty sure the next band are after me. They're, they're, you know, I just yeah. didn't have the heart to basically say like, you know, mate, come on, go do one. You know. Yeah, yeah, you gotta keep that level of like you're like ah, you just kind of laugh it off mm. and then and then carry it on. I feel like it's a very it's a very British thing we do. To be fair, when when someone insults you in this country, you kind of just go, ha, 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 oh, so funny. <laughs> I'm just gonna keep doing what I'm doing. <laughs> but this is the problem, Dan. It literally got so awkward. Like the yeah. landlord got a like a, literally a bouncer and put him behind me. Oh my goodness, that's crazy! Yeah, and like, then they just kind of shut up. Like, <laughs> yeah, wow. I'm just like, it was just there, like, oh man, you know. I was kind of wanting to leave that place straight away, but in the end, I decided to just get absolutely drunk and uh, stay yeah. there for the rest of the night. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't see them guys again, so I was quite relieved. You know, yeah, it just no, seemed like they would just come along to like ruin my set or something. So that yeah. they they got kicked out, but you know, fuck them, you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's a. I think that must really suck because I think putting yourself out there publicly, like standing up on stage. I mean, it's it's not necessarily like this incredible bold move, but it is still brave. Like you're still standing up there and you're going to perform in front of people. And then mm. if people are being like that, that's. Uh, I mean, you're a, you're a braver man than me. I I definitely <laughs> would be getting stage fright for sure. Yeah, no, uh, I just remember um, the the. Um 
<laughs> the next gig I played, I was like, I don't want to do it. I really don't. You know, I just had like the worst experience of my life or whatever. So, um, I, I was meant to be playing in Basildon and I messaged the guy and said, like, you know, who asked me to play. I was like, mate, you're right. Do I, do I have to play this? Cause you know, I just kind of like feel like I lost the passion. And he yeah. went, what's up? When I just told him about the bad experience, like, mate, we were bad experiences. You know, you just got to like, you know, just overcome yeah. it. And it was really cool, just like you know, hearing that from like another guy who obviously had you know been in the same shoes yeah. as me. And then yeah. went to Basildon and honestly played like one of the funniest gigs of my life, like in Itchy, yeah. And uh, I, it was like it was quite like a, uh, it was such a fun, happy, joyous story, and like you know it was. And then it yeah. like hit me at the end. It was really sad, <laughs> like. Um, <laughs> Like we had, I was just playing along, and then like I remember, like because the people on before me, like you know, these these two like indie kids, just you know playing their stuff, you know, obviously people not yeah. really knowing any of the stuff or whatever, and then um, like then there's you know uh, me, big ginger, charismatic, you know everything, yeah. uh, <laughs> and there was this guy, he was an old fella, he just kept getting up. I think his name was Dave. Um, yeah. And he just kept getting up and just started dancing during songs and things like that. And then, like, just oh, during one of the my songs, when I'm about to go into a kazoo solo, I've stopped the song and went, like, This guy is the greatest guy <laughs> I think I've ever seen <laughs> in an audience. He stopped, looked round, and everyone's just like gone, like, you know, clapped him or whatever, like, you know. And next, you oh, know, just played like a kazoo solo and just continued or whatever. I just kept, like, interacting with him for the whole gig and, like, you know. Um, yeah. And then at the end, um, I went, what's your name, mate? He went, oh, it's Dave, you know, or whatever. Like, he went, like, oh, he, the only song I really like know is Fame. And I was there, like, yeah. I don't know it. But I was singing a cappella for you, like, Fame, I want to live forever. And then I was like, doo, 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 doo. just started doing that. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. It was quite funny. And then, like, the uh, landlord's wife, or thing it was, or something, was sitting there with her two kids watching me, even though I accidentally said shit on stage because I, uh, <laughs> I messed up at <laughs> one point. But um, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I got let off. She laughed and the way I went, oh, kids, don't use that language. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> don't say what he said, though. <laughs> and we just, like, then... The, the lady, she obviously, like, I come up to her, like, she come up to me afterwards, and, like, a few people there, even like, mate, we're going to get you on B-Fest next year, and obviously COVID happened, so I couldn't. Um, oh, man, yeah, that sucks. It would have been so cool to have seen you on the Brentwood Festival, man. Oh, no, like, it wasn't Brentwood Festival, it was B.I. Festival for that ba- that, that uh, pub in uh, Basildon. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, you got me there, man. I was, I was, I was ready, though. I was, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm voting, I'm voting for you to get it to Brentwood Festival, though. Headline it, like, I, I, I petitioned for that for so many years and they never got back to me. It was really annoying. The fact that, you know, obviously, you know, I, I'll tell you that's part in a second. I'll just finish this story first quickly. Yeah. Um, so then, yeah, so the landlord's wife come up to me and said, thank you for getting him involved. Um, we found out he's only got like, you know, about like a year to live. I was like, oh, fuck. Oh, man. Yeah. Wow. And um, what I did, I went up to him. We're like, you right, um, Dave, yeah? You, yeah, yeah. Well, do you want a drink? You're like, yeah, yeah. Uh, like, you know, what, what, like, Dave, no, I say, I didn't say, do you want a drink? Like, Dave, let me buy you a drink. Uh, yeah. <laughs> forced it on him. And he said, like, you know, I have, like, blah, 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 and, like, a Foster's glass or something. They said, don't worry, you know, if you go up to him, you know, they, they know me in there. He seemed a bit more, like, fragile or whatever, but yeah. I'm not doing an impression of him. Um, 
so basically what I did is uh, I went in the bar, in the bar, grabbed myself a beer and bought him a beer, come out, gave him the beer, raised his hand up in the air like he just won a wrestling match or a boxing match, and went, uh, damn everybody, and everyone literally in that whole garden gave him the biggest round of applause, and I was there like... Oh, that's beautiful, man. That yeah. is, that's incredibly sweet. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's little moments. Like, I always think it's, it's moments like that that matter the most is, you know how how we interact with other people and like that's just it's so moving it reminds me um it reminds me of this guy i think his name was ed or eddie uh back when i was working at o'neill's and yeah i he was like one of these regular customers that would come in like on a saturday afternoon and i remember he'd always sit at the edge of the bar or like kind of lean on it nearest to the window side and he'd always get a, a pint of guinness i think it was and like maybe some peanuts he was a really softly spoken man, but he'd always he'd always make time to talk to me. And uh, you know, when I wasn't serving someone, he'd be like, "You know, you're all right, Dan. Like, how are you doing?" And uh, yeah, he'd come back all the time. And I remember, I remember he came up to me and he was like, "Yeah, I've got cancer, man." And it was like that was heartbreaking. Um, and so he was going through like all the chemo and stuff for months, but he'd still, you know. He'd disappear a bit, but he'd come back. And I remember one time he, he came in and he was like, I'm clear. And it was like the, the happiest moment ever. Like, I did not know this guy at all, but I, I knew him enough from those interactions. And it was just like the happiest moment. Un- unfortunately, uh, before I left, I think, it, I think it came back. And it was like, yeah, it was, it was really just heartbreaking. But... I mean, for him, he was he was so generous with his time and with 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 sharing and, and speaking, and it's it's such a special thing we have when we get to meet people like that. Like you mm. just don't know where someone else is in their own journey. So it's like that. Yeah, this moving man. Hmm. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> cancer's no laughing matter. You know. Yeah, one thing I can never joke about is cancer. I can I can joke about a lot of things like you know. Uh, but, yeah, yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's, it's a. I love, I love humor and I love comedy and I love crazy comedy. But yeah, it's, it's one of those subjects that I think it's just, it's so, it's such a big thing, isn't it? Cancer, though. It's, it's yeah. something that, uh, I mean, it genuinely scares me, and I'm like 27, but like just the thought of how statistically how many people get it and mm. you know knowing people who've had relatives pass away to it um is yeah it's 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 something that's just it's just a really sad thing and, it, um, it is yeah. one of the things like literally everyone knows someone who's had it you're like you know yeah. someone knows someone who's yeah so yeah, yeah. um but yeah more positive thing Brentwood Festival uh, <laughs> <laughs> Right, so yeah, for years I was petitioning to get on that damn festival. Uh, I even started a uh, hashtag of get Matthew Hasmaham on Brentwood Festival. And um, uh, what happened was, I remember like uh, they um, they gave me a try out uh, down my old primary school. I uh, described yeah. I played like Disney songs. Went, yeah, yeah, we can get you on. It'll be Friday at three o'clock in the afternoon. I'm sitting there going like. Friday, it's not even like a bank holiday Friday for one. None yeah, of my friends regular, are going to be there. Like, who's going to be there? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I'm sitting there like, no, I'll pass, maybe next year. And then, like, obviously never got the, you know, <laughs> the, 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 um, yeah. the invitation again. But it was it was really annoying because, like, I, feel, I thought, let's see, sitting there going to myself going like, you know what, Haslam? 
<laughs> call my um, I call myself Haslam. I talk, you can talk to myself in the third person. Uh, <laughs> That's a healthy thing to do, man. Don't yeah. let anyone tell you otherwise. <laughs> um, you know what, Haslam? You're like four. You know, one of four people who actually plays in every pub in Brentwood, right? And you yeah. can't even get a gig on Brentwood Festival. You must be shit. <laughs> <laughs> That mentality. Oh, so I'm sitting there going like, you know, and you see yeah. all these people come up and be like, how did they get a gig? Yeah. yeah. I never heard of them. <laughs> and then like, in the That's end, they just great. started spending all their money on like, people like Tony Adley, ABC, bloody, yeah. um, Go West. And you are just sitting there the whole time thinking, I would have played that shit for free. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's a weird thing as well because like, it's like you said, you, you play at like every pub I mean, I'm pretty sure, I mean, I live near, I don't know if you've played by the, is it, is it the Robin now? I'm, yeah. I'm sure you've played at the Robin. And the funny thing is, like, it's not like I wasn't in the Robin when you played, but I'm pretty sure I walked past it uh, to get home and I heard you, I could hear it. And I was like, that's, that's, that's Matt out there. Mm. And um, yeah, it just seems weird to me that like, you'd have this big town festival <laughs> and then you'd not include like someone who's pretty like... I mean, everyone knows you from, like, the pubs for sure. Like, even if they have not hung out with you, if you go to a Brentwood pub, you're going to have heard, like, you play at some points. It's, like, oh, such a weird thing that uh, that they choose to fill those festivals with, like, people that, like, no one has, has ever heard of, like, some of the time. I'm like, what? Like, I think the easiest way to describe it is, like, you feel like, you know, one of them, like, you know, uh, really cheap, dirty racists who, like, you know, you know them people who go, like, oh, all these immigrants coming over here, stealing our drugs, but you're like, all these has-been musicians coming over here, yeah. taking my festival from my hometown. <laughs> yeah, definitely, man. <laughs> you're just like, yeah, you say that, well, this is embarrassing. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, I can't even get on my own bloody home festival, you know? That's uh, that's ridiculous. No, we gotta we gotta get that trending again for uh, twenty twenty one, man. It's uh, it's time. <laughs> Give the people what they want. Give the people what they want and what the people need. And what they need is you on stage, Redwood Festival Saturday evening. You know, big time. That's what they need. Because I always look at it thinking, you know what? It's a family festival. I feel like I would have gone down a tree as well. Yeah. But, yeah, hundred percent, man. Like, it, I, yeah, I could, I could see you really, really killing it out there. Like, that'd be really cool. I always just think to myself, like, it's just really annoying because I'm just there, like, I always like, you know, one of my thing, my things is I always put myself down because I just, it's just, you know, easy to go. It's a go-to like kind of humor. Yeah, yeah. Um, but when you kind of think to yourself, you know what? I think I actually deserve to be on Brentwood Festival. And that now yeah. I'm not even sure if they're going to be doing it anymore because I know Evoke took over it, like the nightclub people, and obviously they yeah. had like Jesse J, Clean Bandit, and then they obviously put down, yeah, we're not going to be doing it anymore. So whether it just goes back to Brentwood Festival, I I, I have no idea. Uh, but you just kind of think to yourself, well, well, you know what, I tried many a times, yeah. like three years in a row, and I couldn't get anywhere with it. But, uh, but hey, take it from me, man. Someone with no experience in anything... This is what you got to do. You got to just, uh, you, you've got to become the festival. They're not mm. going to let you become, like you start small, like a garden in summer. We like do a yearly date and then that grows, get people involved. Then the garden's too small. You got to get a bigger field. And eventually you've created your own festival. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a real, I'm a really big believer in like, 
we can do stuff like we can we can do the stuff that that people don't allow us to do like years ago it would be weird for someone who's black to probably have gone to film school and and tried to to do filmmaking and it's still kind of crazy there's only a handful of black film directors out there that are well known but we live in that age where the opportunity is you know it's out there and and we can make it thank goodness for like social media and stuff like i mean i'm pretty sure like your disney jams if they're not already trending, like I, I don't know why that is, because like they're amazing, man. Like that that stuff actually blows my mind away. Like really, really cool stuff. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> the, the yeah it started off. Oh god, you know, it was just like you know, I spoke to Paul's gig uh, down the Essex Arms, and I said like, oh yeah, I've been practicing my guitar, like you know, uh, you know, uh, you can put yeah. on my gig if you want, and then like <laughs> he had a look and just went to me got an idea come down to the swan on a tuesday you know we do open mic night you know and uh so in the end i ended up <laughs> ramming that whole pub out because i said like yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. i'm playing down here and the next you know literally like th- probably the biggest turnout they they literally watched me and then everyone just left i felt bad for the person following up from me so i was there like sorry about that <laughs> <laughs> but yeah like and then people come up to me oh, i really like that song and like, i just can't wait to be king one and then i thought you yeah. know what i think i need to just have a niche market of disney songs and escalated from there yeah and it's it's really cool like i think it's it's such a fun thing like again i i still remember the first time i heard you play and i was like this is awesome like i remember when you first start literally i can't remember which song it was but you started playing i was like wait that's a that's a disney that's a disney song i was like this is like what is going on here kind of chuckling and then being like Oh man, this is a this is a Disney song. Like like, what is going on here? I think that's the yeah, definitely like one of the coolest things. Oh, it's usually under the CO I start with. You know, it's the it's the go to yeah. song to get people in. <laughs> yeah, really, really, really cool stuff. <laughs> so yeah, it's been great having you on, and um, <laughs> literally, it's been a pleasure, man. I think, I think literally we have smiled all the way through this. <laughs> we have I've, I've had a lot of fun i have no idea what uh what the viewers is like experience of this is going to be because i bet we've just had a really fun time kind of nerding out about uh you know game of thrones and uh, avengers and and just having the most random kind of talk it's been it's been great man hmm. absolute pleasure so we'll finish off with like you obviously photography and things like that yeah what, any future projects you've got on the way or um yeah, we've got a couple. Um, so I've just kind of finished all of my, I, I did a, a kind of, I guess you could call it a season of Brentwood photos. So I kind of looked at my my story uh, as someone living in Brentwood and what that means to me. And that's been a pretty pretty big journey in terms of taking these photos and, and trying to do something consistent. And uh, so I'm launching a print shop at the end of this week, which is uh, kind of like, it's it's scary and exciting. Um, I've sold, I think, like free photos this year, and I'm about to, you know, publicly, you'll be able to just go on my website and you can order a limited edition of some of these um, night photos that I've taken. So I'm looking forward to seeing how that goes, um, and that's coming out with my website. So you'll be able to see like my graphics design work if you're looking for a creative. Um, uh, but I'm also just about to begin um, rolling out my kind of summer 2020 photos. So <laughs> I've taken so many photos this year, I haven't even done the summer ones yet. And um, so now the proper summer ones are coming and 
that's all about a trip I took to Norfolk this year, kind of in between the lockdowns. And uh, that's a, a whole different style there. So working on a few few little things and a few a few secret projects that hopefully I'll be able to tell you more about uh, another time. But uh, definitely check out my um, my Instagram if you want to see what I've been up to. Dilly Dan Millie Man. And uh, there's, there's more stuff coming. Yeah, well, we'll be tagging, like, you know, obviously, uh, your website link, you know, you can send over something, you know, well, you will send it to me, and I'll put it on the Facebook page, and obviously, <laughs> the, man. the Instagram page, and obviously tag you in the uh, the photos, the four-picture collage, so then oh, uh, yeah. people know where to find you, so, uh, really? at the end of the day, really? yeah, uh, <laughs> I love that Instagram name, can you say it again, because it's just beautiful. <laughs> Dilly Dan Millie Man. <laughs> That, that might be the greatest, like, you know, username I think I've ever heard. <laughs> I Honestly, some of my friends actually call me that. Like, that's, like, the name I seem to be known by a lot of the time sometimes. Because, yeah. like, the funniest thing is, like, me and you having a conversation before we even started recording. I said, like, is it is yeah. it Milliard or is it Milliard? And, and obviously, yeah. like, now, now you've literally adopted the Millie part because your, your actual last name is Milliard. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's like it's it's come. It's just yeah. It's come full circle, and now I, I am slowly becoming Millie. I actually was I was called Millie at university. Like it was like three years of just being known as Millie, and then I came back to Brentwood, and people were like, "Oh, how's it going, Dan?" I was like, "Who's Dan?" Oh, that's me. That's that's my name. <laughs> yeah, I get. You know, it's like me with like you know, Haslam. Yep. yep. <laughs> yeah, you're like yep. That's me. That's but- me. <laughs> Matt, Matt's just such a common name, so you know it could be anyone. But so if yeah. you definitely say Haslam, like, yep, yeah, cool. <laughs> Haslam is, is you. That's a hundred percent unique to you. Yeah, mm. that makes sense, man. I just just remember through school, people were like Haslam is that Jewish? I was just saying in the end. Yeah, you're all right. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes that's the uh, the easiest way to deal with it. I mm. I always remember the amount of people that have come up to me slightly, you know, without uh, without knowing, but they're like, so where where from Africa? Are you are you from? And I'm like, well, you know, I was born in the United Kingdom, right? Like, I was, I was born in the same country as you, mate. My good sir, I'm a fellow countryman. But um, yeah, eventually you're just like, yeah, South Africa, man, and then and then you you like move on. <laughs> and oh, it's always a joy to speak to you, Dan. Anyway, thank you very much for you know accepting the invitation and coming on. No, thank you for having me, man. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, it's right. been a lot of fun. And uh, thank you to all your lovely viewers who uh, who probably got to this this point. And uh, all six if of any them. of my, <laughs> yeah, all six of them. But we're going to double it up to like maybe twelve. That's that's what I'm thinking. Um, and also, I, I'd love to just say thank you to anyone because I'm sure my friends will definitely be checking this out, and I hope they'll be following your journey as well. But uh, just thanks to to all my friends and, and family who continue to support me and uh, and watch my uh, my strange story unfold. This has been a lot of fun, Matt. Thanks. <laughs> it's all right. It's been a great story so far, from what I've heard. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what I know, yeah, let's say. see where it goes. Let's yeah. uh, let's hope it comes out of the COVID times. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Well, thank you very much for all listening at home. And always remember, I'm Matthew Hasam Hammond. Ooh, baby, do you know what that's worth? Ooh, heaven is a place on earth. Thank you and goodbye. <laughs>